0: It's a privilege to be with you. It's a privilege to unpack the Word of God with you today. I want to share with you today a message that I've entitled, Wrestling Down Restlessness. Wrestling Down Restlessness. Would you be so kind as to stand for the reading of the Word with me and turn there or click there, whichever way you can get there. Proverbs chapter 10. One verse that I would like for us to unpack together, but I believe it's up on the screen. Proverbs chapter 10 says this in verse 22. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no, come on, say it. With it. Today, Lord, as we open up your word, Spirit of God, do what you do best. Speak to us right where we're at. Speak to every person listening, every person watching by broadcast. Speak to them right where they're at. Take your word like only your spirit can and speak to them. Apply it to their life and let us wrestle down restlessness today knowing that you have the true blessing waiting for our lives, in Jesus' name. And if you agree with that, say a great big amen. Amen. You can be seated, everybody. I I have to take a moment and just tell you something. It's, it's, It's amazing when I read this passage of Scripture that the Bible tells us that the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. In other words, God has something for you that he wants to give you that'll bless you. But the reality is, is is that when it comes from him, it has no sorrow attached to it. You know, there was a time where, uh, I'm gonna just give you a little practical illustration, but it spoke to me, and it's a visual illustration, that there was a time where, when I started Destiny Worship Center, and you know, and the church was growing, and a friend of mine who was working in our AV production that wouldn't turn the lights off on me when I was talking, (laughs) He came up to me and he said, you need to up your briefcase game. I said, what are you talking about? Because you just got that little briefcase. You know, you need to up your game a little bit. You know, take it up to the next level. You need a Hartman briefcase. So I went across the street from our church. There's a designer outlet mall. And I went there and I went to the Hartman outlet. And I looked at this Hartman bag. And, and the briefcase that I wanted was $1,000 at an outlet price. I said, no, nah, nah, that's, 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 that's out of my league. But I thought about buying it and charging it. You ever been there? Yeah, yeah. Not you, the next people that are coming in the next service. <laughs> I thought about getting it, you know, and, and I thought, no, I'll wait. And that summer, I went up to Michigan where my mom and daddy live, and we always go up there and spend some time with them and help them, you know. And, and uh, we, our routine is to get up in the morning and to go to Dave's Delicatessen, and there we would get a cup of coffee and connect to the internet. See, my mom and daddy don't have internet. Christ could return, and they would not know it. <laughs> They're just not connected. So we'd walk to De- Dave's Delicatessen, and we would we would just you know connect, check our emails, do all that stuff we needed to do on our iPads and everything. We're walking home one day, and there's a sign just tacked onto a telephone pole that says yard sale with a finger, you know, with an arrow pointing this way. Jackie goes, come on, let's go. I said, I don't want to go rummaging through people's nickels and dime things that they're selling. She goes, no, come on, let's go. If we don't go to this yard sale, all we're going to do is work in the yard. I said, I'm there. <laughs> we, walked to the, we walked to this yard sale and I'm, I'm really reluctant in my heart, okay? I'm reluctant in my heart and you know, I'm at the end of the driveway. She's, you know, rummaging through the stuff there. And she goes, hey. said, there's a briefcase for sale. said, I'm not interested. She said, it's a Hartman. <laughs> she goes, I think it's yours. I said, how do you know it's yours? She goes, look at this thing. She brought this Hartman briefcase out. She said, look how beautiful this is. It's, Slim, slender. She says it's worn, vintage. Yeah. <laughs> she goes, It's yours. She goes, How do you know it's yours? She goes, We pastored a church called Destiny Worship Center, don't we? Yeah, look at the owner of this briefcase who monogrammed this briefcase. His initials are DWC. I said, how much is that? She goes, a buck. I said, give him two, it's monogrammed, baby. I want to say this to you because I know this is simple, but I really believe it. God has something with your name on it too. Don't be restless. Wrestle it down. Wrestle it down because God has something. He has a blessing for you that will add no sorrow with it. He has something with your name on it that's just for you. And there's a story in the Bible that I want to unpack with you today. It's a very simple story, but it's found in 2 Kings chapter 5, the story of a man by the name of Gehazi. It doesn't have the happiest of endings, but it has the richest of teachings. And I'm grateful that the Bible puts these kind of stories in the Bible, and God allows them to be in the Bible for this one reason, because Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 that these are all for our examples, that we can learn from them. Right, somebody? And I thought to myself how important it is in 2 Kings chapter 5 that there's a man, there's a prophet by the name of Elisha that has a right-hand man by the name of Gehazi. And there's, a, there's, a, there's an army soldier that comes to him by the name of Amon, Naaman, and says, says to him, Hey, would you do me a favor? Uh, would you, I heard that if you pray for me, you could heal me. Elisha says to Naaman, Go dip in the Jordan River seven times, and you'll be healed. To make a long story short, he, after some reluctance, he goes and he gets. Baptized in the Jordan River seven times, and he comes up, and he's healed of his leprosy. He comes back with riches and gold and silver and tapestries and silks, and he and he wants to present it to Elisha as a gift. And Elisha says, "No, we don't want any of it." How many of you know you don't buy the things of God? Come on, somebody, you don't buy the things of God. They're freely given. Amen. And uh, he said, "No, no." And so Naaman leaves, but Gehazi, something inside of him, is lying to him. And all of a sudden, he gets restless in his heart. So all of a sudden, he, he becomes restless in his heart in reference to the fact that I can't believe that he's let, my, he's let that man go and to go and, 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 and scot-free and not take anything from him. So he chases him down. And the Bible tells us he comes to him and he says, Hey, listen, you know, there's some prophets that are coming, and do you think you could bless us with a little bit? And Naaman says, Take as much as you want. I offered all of it to you. He takes a little slither of silver and takes some silks, and he comes back, and Elisha says to him, Where have you been? Where have you been? He said, I've been nowhere. He goes, Are you sure? Did my heart not go with you when you chased him down? And you got restless to go after something that didn't have your name on it? And then he said to him this, is it time for this? He said, keep it, it's yours. But the leprosy that was on Naaman is going to be with you. It doesn't have the happiest of endings, but the richest of teachings. That God has something for you that has no sorrow attached to it. Amen, somebody? And when we can learn how to wrestle down restlessness, we can find ourselves saying, no, if it doesn't have my name on it, if it's not from God, if if it has something connected to it, then I don't want it because it seems like a blessing, but it's not a blessing. It's, It's really a curse. And I don't want to have a curse in my life. I just want what God has for me. Come on, think about that for that. I know it's a silly illustration, but in the end, I'd rather have what God has given me and brought into my life that is used with vintage. And every time I look at that briefcase, the hairs on the back of my neck raise up to realize God, you, 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 you had something that you brought into my life. Come on, somebody. And I'm just not going to be restless, and, and, and I'm not going to allow. And here's a key thought that I have if you want to write, that, write this down as you, for you note-takers. Don't allow restlessness to mark you or divide you. I can look back over my life, and I can see every area of my life where I marked me. Just like there was leprosy on him, I can look back and say, you know what? I marked me there. God's not into giving us sorrow. Come on, somebody. God, God's into blessing our life and be sorrow-free, not sorrowful. And I can look back over my life and say, that was me being restless that made me exhausted, burned me out, divided me relationally, hurt me spiritually, divided me relationally with some friends and family. Come on, am I making sense? Maybe even hurt me physically. I went after something that really didn't have my name on it, that I thought would be a blessing to me, and it wasn't. I, I come to realize, don't let restlessness mark you or divide you like it did with Gehazi, which it marked him with something that he did not want and divided him from a relationship that he should have stayed connected to. Wow. Wow. And that's where restless, you have to wrestle down restlessness. Let me just give you some three thoughts, three points that, that, that I want to share with you today. Number one, gain a higher perspective. What do you mean by that pastor Steve simple? Gehazi means check this out vision from the valley vision from the valley. See, I've been to the Grand Canyon and and, and when you've been at the bottom of the Grand Canyon, you, you have a limited perspective because all you can see is this. And then I have to turn and I see this. Then I turn and I see this. But when I'm at the top of the Grand Canyon, when I'm at a higher perspective, I can see the whole view of the canyon. Am I making sense? And so when I come to realize that if you're perceiving your life and God's relationship with you from the vision from the valley, You're going to have a limited perspective of what God's doing in your life. You're going to think in your heart and in your mind like Gehazi, God's forgotten me. You're going to think like Gehazi that says, some man is cheating me. Listen to me. No man can cheat you. No devil can stop you. What God has assigned for you. I say that to you with this thought in mind that I need to gain a higher perspective. He said this in in 2 Kings 5.20. My master was too easy on Naaman. I'll run after him and get something from him. Do you realize he's talking to himself? I'm going to say this to you. Make sure your self-talk is God talk. Because if your self-talk is from the valley, I'm telling you, it'll stir something unhealthy in you. Man's holding me back and someone's cheating me and, you know, God's forgotten me. And it'll, it'll stir something in you that'll make you restless to go out to go get something that God hasn't put his, your name on it. And I've come to realize how significant that is, that we understand that we operate in this principle in 1 Peter 5, 7, and 8. Cast your cares on him. Come on. Because he what? Cares for you. Now listen to this because it looks like Peter is changing subjects, but he's not. It's one continuous thought. Cast your cares on him because he cares for you. And then he says, for the, come on, for the devil goes around like a what? Like a roaring lion seeking whom he may what? Devour. What is he looking for? He's looking for restless people. People so don't catch the context of this, that there's some, there's a care in me that I haven't casted on the Lord. As silly as a briefcase is, or maybe it's you thinking, man, uh, look, I I really want to get married. I want to get married. And and so you're single and you're like, I want to get married. But if you don't give that over to the Lord, come on, you don't give that over to the Lord, I'm going to tell you something, something will stir in you and the enemy will roar and that voice, that roar will bring you out and make you go after something that God hasn't assigned for you. Cast your cares on him because he cares for you. Casting all our cares on him because he cares for us. Because the enemy wants to roar in our hearts. And if you don't silence the roars, and let me ask you this, who's in your ear? Who's in your ear that could have almost the best intentions, but isn't quieting your soul? but stirring your restlessness. Who's telling you that you're being cheated? Who's telling you you're being forgotten? Who's telling you that if you don't do it yourself, it'll never come to you? Who's doing that to you? Because the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Are you picking up what I'm putting down today? I've seen my own marks, my own leprous marks in my life where that was my doing, not God's. Yeah. That was me pursuing something that didn't have my name on it. Yeah. And I hurt myself. I marked myself. It cost me maybe some friendships, some relationships. And I don't want to do that because I want to cast all my cares on Him because He cares for me. I, I write it this way in a key thought either cast your cares or be consumed by your cares. I've come to realize that if there's a care in my heart, if I don't give it up to the Lord, then that thing can start stirring in me and get the best of me to devour me who goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour or consume. This is why Jesus said something so powerful right before he went to the cross. He said this in John chapter 14, verse 30. Hereby, I will not talk much with you. Check this out. Hereby I will not talk much. For the prince of this world comes and finds, what? Finish it with me, everybody. Nothing in me. Now think about this for a second. What was the prince of this world looking for? He was looking for some kind of care that Jesus hadn't casted to the Lord to see if he could stir him into getting out of the will of God. And he said, I'm not going to talk much. In other words, I'm watching my own self-talk. Come on, somebody. Jesus is modeling for us. I'm not going to talk much anymore. I'm not not talking much. The enemy's coming to try to stir me, and at the end of the day, he's not going to find anything in me. He's not going to get the best of me. I might not like the situation I'm in. I might not like the lack that I'm in. I don't, might not like the fact that I know you guys are going to leave me. I know that the enemies, I know that people are going to turn on me. I know Rome's going to try to crucify me and they're going to crucify me. I know all that's going to go on. But at the end of the day, I've given it all over to the Lord. Come on. I've given it all over to the Lord. I've given it all over to the Lord. You're here today, you're like, I'm, I'm waiting for that promotion, but I'm giving it all over to the Lord. I'm waiting for that spouse, I'm giving it all over to the Lord. I'm, giving, I'm waiting on our kids, but I, I, on my kids, but I'm giving my kids over to the Lord. I, I, the enemy comes, and he finds nothing in me. Just not. I'm going to gain a higher perspective because I'm not going to live life and talk from a vision of value, and I'm going to identify valley talkers that are whispering in my ear to try to get me to move out and do outside of God's will. Is this all right? Number two, trust his timing. I love it because a lot of times, how, come on, let's just be honest, we, we, don't like, we don't like God's timing. You're working for you is not easy. But we just, at the end of the day, we don't like his timing. But we have to trust his timing. Because he knows exactly what has our name on it. Let me, can I share with you one more God story that, that's going to just, it's going to amaze you. You know, we have six campuses and we always wanted to go to, we want to reach all of the counties in northwest Florida. And there's a county called Bay County where Panama City and Panama City Beaches. Have you ever heard of that area? there. Yeah. And we were wanting to plant a church there and there was a church that was on decline there. And the leadership of that church came to me and said, "We, you know, they're, they're down to 50 people, but they had 10 acres right on the highway." And there's only one highway in, Florida, in northwest Florida. We're in rural northwest Florida. And on the highway across the street from Pier Park, which is an incredible outdoor mall. That it, I mean, it is, it is prime property, 60,000 square feet, 550-seater church. And he, he, says, he says, I, I want to work a deal with you because you need to have this. Our church is on decline. And the Holy Spirit just said, stop. It's not time. He was going to owner finance it, work a deal for us. and It just wasn't. T- I said, you know what? I'm going to. I just didn't feel right. You know what I'm talking about? And I just stepped back from it and told our elders about it. And that church would go back to the bank. They were trying to sell it to us for six million bucks, which was a steal in itself in owner financing. But it would go back to the bank and the church would close. The bank would call us two years later during the great financial crisis, and said, hey, would you like this property? It's for sale for $3 million. (laughs) And I said, I said, but you can't, and they said, but you can't have the front piece. Well, that's the prime piece. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll give you $2 million for all of it. They said, we'll take it. Now, hang on. I'm not done yet. Oh, when the blessing comes, it comes. Hang on. Hey, hey, just wait a minute. The shouting's just about to happen. What's crazy about this is, remember, I'm waiting two years. I passed up what I thought was a great deal, but it wasn't a God deal. I passed up. What seemed to be a blessing, but in the end, I know it would have been a sorrow. So I just waited for God. And lo and behold, it was $2 million. Little did I know that I went to a board meeting in Colorado, and it was a business board meeting with some some entrepreneurs. And I'm sitting at that table, and one of the men comes up to me after the board meeting and says this to me. He said, God spoke to me to move my family to Destin, and for you to be my pastor, I've moved all my life for business. It's time for me to move for God. I'm moving there and you're going to be my pastor because you you get it. And I spoke to his heart because he was an entrepreneur and a a business leader. So he comes there and little did I know that his company is up for sale for 20 million dollars. He moves there. I have no idea. He moves there. Sells his company for $20 million. Writes a tithe check for $2 million. or the $20 million. And I take... Here's what happened. Ready? I received the the tithe check. And I gave it to the bank. And I got a building free and clear, baby. Come on. Now... In a minute, I'm going to tell you the the cherry on the cake. Here it is, on the icing. You think that's it? Oh, no. No. See, there's something greater than just the money. A lot greater. I get to go view the building, and the realtor is having a hard time opening up. You think I'm lying. I I see. You think I'm lying. But look at me. That don't lie. And what I'm about to tell you doesn't lie. He couldn't open up the lockbox. And it had a four digit kind of combo. And I said to him, I was like, well, let me do it. I said, what is it? He goes, 0723. And when he said that, something, it just went off in my heart. You see, 0723 is my four digit pin code. I've had it since 0723 of 1988 when I got married to my wife, Jackie. And the minute I did that, the lockbox opened up and the key fell into my hand. Now, listen to me. You say, Pastor, you're making this up? I, I want you to know something that had my name on it. Now, listen to me. Two things. God has something with your name on it. The second thing is this. If you find my debit card. <laughs> the prison ministry of this church will visit you. <laughs> I'm pressing charges. Trust his timing. Say that with me. Trust. Trust his timing. Trust his timing. He said it in 2 Kings 5.26. Is this the time? In other words, the answer is not no. It's just no, not now. No, not this way. Do you realize that everything the devil offered Jesus was meant? To come to Jesus food was meant to come to Jesus not this way and not this time kingdoms are supposed to come to Jesus and they did not this way and not this time recognition jump every tongue will confess every knee will bow everyone will recognize Jesus as Lord But it's not coming this way. And it's not coming in your time. And that's what the devil did to Jesus. To get you to believe that what's intended to come into your life, because it's a blessing, but he wants to contaminate it with sorrow. His way and his timing. But we're going to do it his way, and his timing. Last but not least, I want to share this with you, and we're going to pray, okay, everybody? Learn contentment. Learn contentment. Pastor, what does that mean? I, 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 I don't like the sounds of that. <laughs> contentment. You asking me to settle? You asking me not to believe? No. No. I'm asking you to learn something. I'm asking you to learn contentment. Look at the verse of Scripture, Philippians 4, 11. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned. I've learned. What have you learned? What do you know? I know that whatever state I am in, to be content in whatever circumstance. Why? Here's the secret. I'm going to give it to you. You, and I want to give you this key thought: You'll never learn contentment until you realize you're already complete. Yeah. Now listen to me. What do I need to learn? You're already complete. No, 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 no. You're already complete. You already have the one that has completed you. You have the one. That has made you complete. No, you, you, this, is, this is what Paul said in Colossians 2.10. You have to realize. And you, bring that verse up please. And you ha, you are complete in him. Colossians 2.10. You are complete in him. Until you learn that you're complete. Hear me. You, you, you'll, you'll never be content. You'll think in your heart, I need Jesus plus a mate. I need Jesus plus kids. I need Jesus plus a promotion. I need Jesus plus a million followers. I need Jesus. You don't need Jesus plus any. You're already complete. I was complete before that briefcase came into my life. That didn't make me. Come on. That building, that campus didn't make me. I'm complete. I don't need another campus to complete me. I don't need a thousand more people at our church to complete me. I'm gonna reach people, I wanna build lives, but at the end of the day, I'm complete. Come on, say that with me. I'm complete. That quiets my restlessness. Let me tell you how dangerous restlessness is. Because it's what the devil used to trap. To get Adam and Eve to sin even though they had no sin nature okay were they made in the image of God yes or no yes, yes or no yes. were they complete yes or no yes. but what did the devil tell them? you're incomplete you're incomplete And your incompleteness in your mind stirs you into restlessness and if you would just get this apple or this fruit it'll complete you little did we know that when they did that the sorrow that has filled this world from our parents that had it in their hearts to complete themselves when in reality they were could never be any more complete than they already were and friend look at me if you have christ today you're complete you're complete you're complete cuz you're complete in him